0: Hello? Do you want to die tonight, Cece?
1: Eat shit and live, Bill. Yeah, Bill, like a little wet. Come on, Bill. said, don't disturb you, I'm sitting my room. Hi. You're not this bitch. I think. They're coming to get you, Barbara.
2: Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Vintage Horror Podcast, where we talk about all horror, not just the vintage kind. I'm your host, Kyle, and with me today I have Rob, P, hey. and Mark.
1: Got my ass. <laughs> What's going on
2: today? We will be talking about the Blob from 1988. But first, we're going to crack a cold one open with the boys. What's up, Mark? What's been up, man?
1: As soon as I grab water,
2: crack that bottle.
1: I assume you're going to go to Rob since you said his name first. Um, nothing much. You know, I had COVID. I'm over that. I beat it. You know, I'm, I'm stronger. So we haven't recorded in a while, a couple weeks. But um, ever since then, uh, I went to Big Apple Comic Con for about 12 minutes in New York. I had to get two people for my flash poster. So that was fun. Um, what else did I do? Yeah, you know, I, I didn't do much because I had COVID. Then I was on call at work, so I couldn't really do anything too much. Mm-hmm. Well, no, I, like in, I had a week off, but we, me and Kyle, went to uh, NJ Harakon and we saw Felissa Rose and Dave Sheridan, Sheridan Sheridan Sheridan. I got you. I can't read or speak. Did we see anyone else or not? I don't think so.
2: Uh, we looked at people, but that's about it. <laughs>
1: Yeah, we looked at people, but that's what we were there for, like, what, an hour, maybe?
2: Uh I think less than two hours, but close to two hours. Like, inclu- like from the time we parked the car to when we got back yeah. in the car, it, it was, was like an hour and
1: 45. Yeah. So we did that, you know, it hasn't really been, work's been slow. So just been sitting around, um trying to eat better, running, did my taxes, had to pay the fucking government. Fuck your government. Damn. I wish they could see me giving the little fingers. How hard. Yeah, no, right. No, I was only $236, but the pain when I see all my friends get money back and I'm paying every, those motherfuckers
0: every year for me.
1: Yeah. If I didn't gamble, I would probably make, I would have got like $1,800 back. But
2: I know a lot of people who are like owing the government this year, and I don't know
1: really?
0: what the fuck's up with that. Yeah. <laughs> I could explain it, but it's gonna take some time, and we don't got that time. This is <laughs> this is the Vince's Taxation podcast.
1: There you go. Uh, what else? I booked my flight for my sister's wedding in Puerto Rico, and then last night I got an email. They switched my flight, and it's fucking annoying when it went from a straight flight to Puerto Rico to get there at 4 p.m. I mean, to 6 p.m. and leave. You leave at like three, and you get there at six. And now it's I leave at 8:25 in the morning and get there at four o'clock in the afternoon because I have a layover in Florida. How fucking annoying is that? It's like nine hours the day now. That's not bad. Yeah. So it's what, how long uh, is the layover? Two hours in um, right. Florida. So it's like three hours to Florida or three hours and somehow change to Florida and then a two hour layover and then like three hours to fucking Puerto Rico.
0: Yeah. Google, Google flights just recommended me a flight to Hawaii and I was like absurdly cheap and I said, oh my God, what is this? And I looked at it and it had three stops. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. It stop in Boston, a stop in LA, a what? stop and then, and then a stop in Seattle, and then yeah. to Hawaii. And Is that it was South,
1: Southwest or JetBlue.
0: I think it was JetBlue, but it might have been JetBlue or like United, well, one of them. But it was wild. And I looked at it and I said, ah, "People do f-?
1: that stuff, though."
0: But how it, much was it? It was it was like six hundred bucks. That's still too much. I would. It was like six hundred bucks, and it was at least nineteen hours of travel time.
1: No way, I would never do that.
0: It was like 19 to 24 hours of travel time. It was like a 45 minute layover in Boston, like two and a half hour layover in LA, a three hour layover in Seattle. And then it was like all the way to Hawaii. Said so that nope, too many airports. Not, not a thing for me. I could do one layover, maybe two. Yeah. After that, it's not happening.
1: Yeah. I know Kyle's happy. They just removed mass from planes. If he ever goes on one soon, I don't know if he's we're going anywhere. I go on
2: planes all the time, Mark.
1: When's the last time you were on one?
2: Uh, when I went to Chicago.
1: Did you ever wear a mask on?
2: Yeah, I had to, unfortunately. yeah. Damn. You know what? Government.
1: Yeah, but uh, other than that, I haven't been really up to too much, I don't think. I'm trying to think. I, I've, oh, I've actually been re-watching uh, How I Met Your Mother. I'm on like huh. season five, so that's good. Kind of brings bring sadness to my heart that it it ended years ago, and I wish they brought it back. But other than that, uh, nothing really going on. What about you, Rob?
0: Well, um, kind of a conspiracy going on. Okay. Um, somehow. Put the tinfoil uh, on. Well, I don't know. Somehow, I think Mark used 5G to give me COVID uh, mm-hmm. from our last recording because somehow right after our recording, uh, I got sick. So I had to deal with that, and that was fun. Um, so it gave me a little bit of time, though, because obviously I had to do a little bit of quarantining, too, which was, you know, it is what it is. Um, but I had to catch up on some shows. I uh, started watching Marvel's Moon Knight, which I'm really enjoying. I like it. Maybe just because I'm a nerd. It's I've a, heard I'm good a, things about it. I like anything involving ancient civilizations usually, so it's kind of up there. Spoiler alert. Uh, what else have I been catching up on? Started watching Ozark.
1: I tried to get into that, but I couldn't.
0: Yeah, so I started watching Ozark. I'm pretty sure that's something Sam watched right now. Mm-mm, I don't think so I think yeah. she
1: did I thought she did she said hey. <laughs> maybe
0: she did I don't fucking know <laughs> she watches a lot of shit when I'm not around so I don't fucking yeah. know well
1: it's been Her, out for years so. I
0: don't yeah I know but I don't think she watched shows Her, for some reason Yeah, and as last time I know we talked I was working my way through back through Star Wars Rebels and I'm on like the last three episodes of the last season now so I've been kind of just like going through a back how I've had a little bit of time off work over the past week and so I've been kind of doing yard work around the house taking care of things that I normally don't get a chance to get to and um Playing some video games. I started playing Rainbow Six Siege. Sorry to hear so, that. Yeah, I'm just trying Not some bad. new stuff out. I saw my guy Godzilla is coming to Call of Duty and so, Kong and Kong. It looks like Kong. I didn't
1: even, when does that happen? I didn't even see that. Godzilla
0: X Kong or whatever. Yeah,
1: I know they have Snoop Dogg in it the other day. They added him. Yeah, For apparently four, they've been four, like four building four up 20. like a
0: with like a viral ad campaign Um that he's like the, the next season or the launch of the next Call well, whatever yeah, it is.
1: The new season's on Tuesday, I think.
0: Yeah, it looks like it's gonna be Godzilla and King Kong themed. Mm-hmm. So
1: yeah, I'm never change my Ghostface one unless they have like Michael or Jason.
0: Well, I don't uh, think it's like you can. No, be King uh, Kong I think it's Godzilla. actually Godzilla and King Kong in the game, like in the map.
2: Uh,
1: but it's, I think
0: it's the regular map, so I don't think it'll affect us at all. Okay. Yeah, I don't know how. It's, as long as it destroys Caldera and we get a new map, I'll be fine with that. But whatever, There's, that's that's how that's how Warzone one ends. Godzilla and Kong just destroy the whole thing and then it shuts down. We're like, we'll be back with Warzone two. There you go. Uh yeah, so that's just been been me, nothing too crazy. Uh just celebrated Easter, which was nice. I always enjoy like having I don't that think time, you celebrated
1: but, it like Sam did. Wait. She fucking secured the bag with all that candy.
0: Yeah, she got
2: a lot of candy.
1: <laughs> if you guys don't have diabetes yet, I don't know who's, who has it. I not real. I haven't
2: eaten a single th- I I ate like one piece. I honestly I'm not a candy guy. So, this is her, I guess her mom does a uh, big Easter baskets. Bro, so. everybody in her family gives her fucking candy. They treat her
0: like she's still thirteen or something. Yeah, she yeah. had so
1: many Twix. I was jealous. I love we, Twix. We
0: went out to dinner. and My future mother in law comes walking up to us with Easter bags full of candy, and she's like, "Happy Easter!" I'm like, "I don't." You okay, good
1: candy though Reese's.
0: I uh, got some uh Three Musketeers Twix. I oh, got a giant Reese's egg. So you know, Listen, when it comes to the holidays, my mother-in-law comes in cr- in clutch, always. In with a crutch? Okay. Yeah, she's,
1: she's limping. <laughs> if
0: I don't wash my mouth, I might come in with a crutch. Uh, so, yeah, that's me. Nothing crazy. Uh, just enjoying the new, war- the warm weather starting to come back, even though the last two days have been down back in the 50s and 40s. But hoping that spring comes in full swing soon, and I can enjoy being outside more and going for runs and just enjoying nature in general, because I hate being cooped up inside all winter, seasonal. Effect, you know, Seasonal is real. Depression. Yeah, that's a real thing. So sad, it so is sad. Uh, so yeah, that's where I'm at now. Um, I'm gonna bump it over to Kyle because he probably has way more interesting things to say than I do. Probably not.
2: You might think so, but I really don't. Um, like Mark said, we went to NJ Harcon. that was pretty cool. Not really, uh, <laughs> no,
1: that wasn't bad. I don't know, they took the it, carpet away so our feet hurt.
2: Yeah, my, well, my knees, my back hurt because <laughs> they took the carpet out of showboat. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> I uh, never
1: thought that. I don't
2: know. Yeah, they didn't have like any good vendors. Um, I don't know. Uh, I guess. Well, I I've been talking about it for a while, but um, tomorrow I actually leave to go see Brady, so I'll go see his uh, ditchy McAbandoned Pants ass up in uh, Boston, and um, yeah, I don't know. Me and Sam will spend the weekend up there with them. Come back on Sunday. Uh, I don't really know. I uh. I guess speaking of airlines, I hope to get on one soon. And uh, hopefully, Mike Tyson's on the airline. I know. I saw that video. He's
1: wild, man.
2: Dude. Well, I mean, that guy was. I know that guy was
1: fucking with him, but he's definitely. Mike Tyson's definitely going to get sued for hitting that guy.
2: Well, yeah. Probably. That's why the guy (laughs) says, Hey, Mike. Yo, chill, Mike. But um, that
1: one minute video, he's probably going to get millions of dollars.
0: Yeah. Worth it. Yeah i didn't see the video i just know that he laid it on him pretty good yeah he
1: like turned around started punching him in the head i'm like bro yeah i take a couple shots for a million dollars so yeah and it's not even
0: like he could hit him that hard because they're on a
2: plane and cramped, but like he's reaching over a seat yeah but anyway um yeah i don't know so our friend andrew his bachelor party like it's starting to get planned for um, august beginning of august and we decided well they decided they're kind of all Planning it, um, but we're going to a like cabin, I think, on a lake in Pennsylvania, and they were deciding whether we should go shooting or wakeboarding. And most of us said shooting.
1: Oh, wakeboarding, sick.
2: Yeah, but uh this shooting range, uh, the one person who's planning it sent us like the list of things, and they're like, Yeah, give me a ballpark of how much you're trying to spend. And they sent like a list of all the guns you can shoot. I'm telling you something, this could be the best day of my life because they have a fucking grenade launcher you can shoot for $25 a round. I said, we'll be doing that. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to catch me. And there's going to be some videos out there of me. That's
1: like some um, like Thailand Should They do that. Please
2: They're, tell me you're going to dress this ghost face <laughs> and just fire a grenade launcher. You're going to see videos of me fucking aiming at the crowd and everyone's going to be like, uh, Kyle, what the fuck you doing? <laughs> Say, so, well, I hope it's empty. A <laughs> um, <laughs> vintage horror viral moment. Uh, so, yeah, I'm pretty excited for that, actually, now. Um, I was excited to shoot before and spend the weekend with Andrew. Um, not really everyone else, but... <laughs> thing, you're not an
1: outdoorsy person, though.
2: <laughs> no. Uh, not that I mind the outdoors, but uh, I'd rather sit inside. Um, but I've also taken it upon myself recently to um, start teaching myself some different skills, you know? Like, as you guys know... Maybe not the podcast world, but you, you two. I took up ju- juggling like a couple years ago. I was teaching myself. juggling. That was
1: the worst.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I recently um, bought myself like a cheaper but sturdier lightsaber to start teaching myself how to, you know, do some lightsaber swings and oh no,
0: that's not
1: real
2: make it proficient you know that's not real uh, i'll tell you what we, we ran a
0: we ran a very strict
2: saber kind of academy <laughs> wait no is this real yeah so why
1: would you pick that of all things
2: why i don't know you, Dude, well, why don't
0: you come over my place we'll do some drills together
2: listen i'm not done okay because after i get some i get, after i get proficient with lightsabers i'm uh, gonna switch to nunchucks i'm gonna teach myself nunchucks
0: so he's going to be like that dude in the YouTube video uh, who does the backflip and he lands on his oh, the Afro Ninja. Yeah.
1: yeah that one of is? the first the Af- like
2: viral yeah. videos. Yeah. Nah, I, I I'm not going to do flips, but I will be teaching myself nunchucks too. So this is not a joke. It's not kind a drill. <laughs> it's all real. Um, me and Sam have been using HelloFresh, not a sponsor. Wish it was, but it's not. Uh, and it's kind of cooler than I thought it would be, honestly. Um, I, I've I've been putting them up on my stories, the meals every day, and like, uh, I even made like a little highlight story thing. That's the only thing I, highlights I have on my Instagram, which I don't know why I do that. Uh, but yeah, are you I still mean,
1: using them or no? Or did your trial run yeah, out?
2: No, 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 no. Um, well, it wasn't all like free. Like the yeah, thing know, is, they, it's they like tiered
1: free like a week or something, right?
2: It's like tiered how they do it. Like the percentages you get off, and altogether, I guess it's supposed to equal seventeen meals free. Mm. Just the cost, um, but so yeah, we're still you, using it.
1: Are you doing it to lose weight or just because you don't want to cook?
2: No, it doesn't. Well, I have to cook because. <laughs> well, I'm saying point.
1: like you don't actually have to go to the store and pick up these ingredients. You know, they yeah, send if, everything and they give you a recipe list, right, of everything you like, what to do.
2: Yeah, and yeah. if if it was up to me, I wouldn't cook at all. Still, I would rather just order out. But Sam wanted to try it, and I mean, it's not bad. It's quality time together, so. Uh, it just takes up a lot of my time because you made you a hamburger,
1: know, I think, the other night.
2: Yeah, last they night. S- yeah,
1: they sent you a fucking hamburger.
2: Well, it's yeah, but it's like a firehouse hamburger that uh, you can choose from like a bunch of different meals. Yeah, I understand that, but um, know, it seems but,
1: weird just to order a hamburger from that. But
2: some of them are like too exotic. and I'm like, I don't know, man. I don't think I'm gonna like that. And the thing is, I don't like mushrooms, neither does she. So, like, a lot of shit will just have mushrooms. I'm like, well, I don't want that.
1: You so. can't ask them to remove stuff, or it's just. No. I'm sure they either. do it it's it's in a like a warehouse they do it quickly, you know, yeah. to package stuff. but I feel like just ordering a hamburger from that like I don't know, you could just go to the store and get buy ground beef and do it yourself.
2: You can. It's literally the same shit, honestly. Um okay. but I mean it wasn't just a regular hamburger. There's like other stuff in it. But I don't like, I feel
1: like I don't know. So you say you want to spend quality time together, you could go to the grocery store shop together. And then make what you want to make, you know.
2: Here's the thing I hate going to the grocery store oh, I because too. I, if
1: there's too many people,
2: people say you shouldn't go hungry, but my problem is if I go to the grocery store after I eat, I will look at everything and be like, I don't want that because, like, no, I, nothing's appealing to me. Because,
1: no, I understand, I it's f- it's a, it's a something I had to learn. I learned I had to teach myself that
2: I'm a fat fuck and I eat too much, and then I'm turned off by f- looking at food. So, no. but then when I go hungry. I don't know what to get. You I want, just wind up want, getting a bunch of drinks and I'm like, yeah. this is awful.
1: <laughs> or you get a bunch of like shit. You don't need like mac and cheese bites. Well, you don't, you need them, but like, you yeah, get...
2: I haven't eaten those in a while. Honestly. You were eating them for a minute. Like I all was, the time. Those, they, they are good. They, yeah. No, are um, good.
1: Not the one you had. Cause they were unnamed, but
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, but I guess, I don't know. That's kind of it. I guess there's nothing really else that's been going on in my life. It's pretty mellow. Um I don't know. I got to figure out what to do while Sam's gone next month for like a fucking week. <laughs> Or ten days all together. Hang out
1: with your friends, maybe. Nah,
2: man, I don't think so. For part of that, I'm I mean, your actually on longer. call, so. If you I've want got two.
0: I've, I've got two ready to go.
2: Okay, we can start practicing. Get the council back together. That's what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I guess that's really it.
1: I know they uh, they dropped the Stranger Things four trailer, but I still haven't seen it. I don't know if you guys checked it out. It,
2: it's good. Yeah, I watched it. The thing is with Stranger Things, like I know this every season. Like if you just told me what happened, it would seem like none of them connect. Mm-hmm. Like maybe I don't, f- yeah,
1: I don't, I don't know what's happening this season. I haven't looked at anything. I haven't paired so to look what it, I'm, I'm going to wait till it just comes out and watch it. I'm not uh, going to
0: theorize anything, but at least from what I saw in the trailer, first and foremost, the budget is unreal. Like it's, oh, I'm sure like, they spent a hundred million. It, it's, it's very much. Netflix is like, we're going out with a bang and uh, <laughs> we mean them out of business or the show <laughs> both. Maybe cause I, uh, uh,
1: well, they said they're going to start cracking down on shared accounts. So, well,
2: but, uh, watch them use lose more users. That's
0: what's about to happen. Yeah, good. Yeah, two
1: fucking sisters can buy their own accounts. There's
0: a there's <laughs> a lot of uh, there's a lot of competition in the market now, especially with things like Warner Brothers buying up um, Discovery. So now there's a possible possibility that HBO Max and Discovery Plus could end up being merged.
1: That's good. You, you got to think HBO though, Max. like.
0: In the beginning, Netflix offered
2: a lot of shit that wasn't original stuff. I mean, not, and they don't really have a lot of original shows still. Right they hey, have, Netflix? Yeah. They, they have Stranger out, they, Things, Bridgerton. What else?
1: No, but I'm talking about like they Is come Bridgerton? out something original every week, like for this year. I know that's a thing, like a movie or show every week.
2: But what's big and making them money? Cobra Kai. But that's not even an original show. Now it's theirs and they're making new they stuff. Right. But, so, yeah. Yeah. But the first two seasons, like they didn't start it, you know? Like, yeah. Stranger well, yeah. Things
1: same thing and, with like, like like Lucifer is one of their biggest shows, but that came from Fox, you know, when it yeah. got canceled.
0: I mean, right? The Witcher is one of the things that's they're kind of rolling with, right? I enjoy The Witcher a lot, but I, I mean, it didn't not, season two come out. It did. It came out and it's done already. And like, the, yeah. There, and I heard,
2: there. I feel like there wasn't as much hype as there was the, for the first season.
0: No, because it's not, it's, it's, it, it's not, it doesn't, because the show is, I like the show, right? But the show doesn't satisfy the book readers and it doesn't satisfy the game players because it's, not hundred percent faithful to either of those two narratives so like game players like this is the game that i played and book readers are like this is not the perfect adaptation of the book that i wanted so like your two hardcore fan groups like the most hardcore of them tend to not be pleased but then there's like people like me in the middle i'm like my bar's definitely below average so this is good like i don't know i just feel like um it's hard to compete when you know for the longest time hbo had game of thrones and like, that was their baby rolling. Disney has all the Marvel and Star Wars properties that they can mainline and run. Um, and now Netflix is, I mean, well, not Netflix, I'm sorry, Amazon's about to have Lord of the Rings. Whether yeah. that's good or not, who knows? But I mean, they're about to, I mean, they're, they're about to have a, the most expensive streaming series ever made. Yeah, stupid amounts of money on it. Like that could either, that could really put a ding in the platform. But we'll Well, see what happens. I
2: mean, if it flops, they already spent the money, so I don't understand, like, unless they were counting on making it up, but
0: I don't see more people getting Amazon Prime just for Lord of the Rings.
1: I feel like most people already have Amazon Prime. uh,
0: A a good example is um, Paramount Plus was riding a lot on Halo. I didn't even know that came out, honestly. Nothing there, right? And then, this is going to sound absolutely crazy. I think one of those uh, networks out there right now that has uh, good content is apple yeah they do apple tv has like a few solid series out there i think uh they have uh severance right they have c oh i've heard Uh, of that actually um, i watched
1: i started severance but then i never finished it
0: yeah they have severance they have c they have uh um, to
1: all mankind or what is or for all mankind they have this
0: for all and they have the foundation yeah like they have like but the thing is like i watched some of those series and like apple really puts a good production quality into it but yeah sorry to hijack the conversation but i mean like i said with the the stream kyle's right with like streaming networks right now unless you have a flagship you're in trouble yeah and so netflix has got to figure out how to hand off this flagship franchise to something else Mm -hmm. uh which is personally why i think they divided it into two parts yeah that's part of it yeah for sure you know but in general the trailer looks like they're going to try to bind all three previous seasons together and try to be like one of those shows where like when you get to the end of it, you're like, now I see how everything connects. because yeah, you but, it's yeah. very disjointed. Yeah. Well, but it, it
2: looks s- like this season is too to me. I don't know. Um,
1: yeah. Anything else going on in the horror world? I don't think so. Um I saw X again. <laughs> um, no, um, I did see it again, but uh, I don't think so.
2: Mm, yeah, no but, major I, news that... fire starters coming out soon. Yeah, but...
1: I I didn't even know that I I totally forgot about that. I remember reading a couple years ago that they were remaking it, and then I saw a trailer on YouTube the other day, like May yeah. 13th. I'm like, huh?
2: They're like nonstop running trailers on YouTube. Yep. Yeah. Um, all right. So then let's just jump into the blob from 1988. Heck yeah. So the blob from 1988 was Rob's pick. It was released on August 5th, 1988. And Damn, it's my birthday. it holds an R rating. It's not your birthday. I know it's not.
1: Birthday year. Uh, I meant sorry. My bad.
2: It has a runtime of an hour and thirty-five minutes, with an estimated budget of nineteen million dollars, nine million of which went towards special effects. Which to me, smart move on their part. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um it grossed only 8.2 million worldwide. Right. I, I forget it was like 2.6 or 2.5 or two something like that in just America alone, which is awful. Awful. Yeah, awful, I know awful. it was
1: a it was a box box office flop, so
2: yeah. Which I don't know what attributes to that. I don't know if it's you know, like the slasher craze kind of ruined horror for people at the time. Like people were just sick of horror movies. Yeah, probably um, at the tail
1: end of the eighties. It's like yeah.
0: So, I mean, the director, um, the director has gone on record to say that he feels that a couple things really kicked him in the butt, uh, and that was number one was a poor ad campaign, and number two, um, that summer was a particularly wild summer. Um, some of the releases that hits that hit in the same window were Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Coming to America, Crocodile Dundee Two, Big, Die Hard willow um there was a couple other ones that i had written down beetlejuice Mm. so like there are a ton of films and like that were coming out and that were just wild you also had like phantasm 2 uh friday the 13th part 7 and a couple other like horror films i think poltergeist 3 like those were also coming out at the time but like the director has opened his he's like we just got buried by like big films with big advertising budgets that just kept rolling through. And obviously like you think about the movie theaters back then, word of mouth, what are you gonna go see? The cheap creature feature, or you're gonna go see a film like, you know, coming to America, who had a big name like, you know, Eddie Murphy at the time or Die Hard with Bruce Willis and the word of mouth around that. Yeah, so. it's true too.
1: And I feel like too also most people um they're gonna go see something they're used to. So if they're a horror fan, they're gonna go see Phantasm 2 or Friday Thirteenth. Yeah, they're going to go so, see a, sta- a sta-
0: established time period yeah. pieces. But I
2: mean, if you think about it, this is a remake of a really well respected and known movie. So, well,
1: I, I'm but- saying I, I would say for like for 18 year olds back then, they probably didn't see the blah. I don't know if they saw the blah, but I'm sure they were more known to Friday Thirteenth that was on all the time. You know, there's seven different, six different movies on.
0: Yeah, and the movie almost seems a little self-aware of it. In one particular, in a couple of particular scenes, where they make reference to the hockey mask killer, right? Like the movie knew the movie knew what the trend of the time was. I mean, honestly, like a remake of a '50s creature feature probably wasn't on most people's radar.
2: Yeah, it's very true. It holds a 6.6 out of 10 on IMDb. On Rotten Tomatoes, has 62% on Tomato Meter and 56% audience score. And on Letterbox, it holds a three point six out of five. So it's all kind of generally in the same area. Um, they're not. There's not any that like is way different than the others. Mm-hmm. Um, the director is Chuck Russell, who directed a Nightmare on Elm Street Three: Dream Warriors. Um, I believe that he and the writer approached some company. Studio with the idea for this, and then they had him do a Nightmare on Elm Street first, and mm-hmm. then later on they greenlit the blob. Um, he also directed The Mask, starring Jim Carrey,
1: of uh, course, and, and Cameron Diaz.
2: Yep, <laughs> you ain't wrong, brother. <laughs> and uh, The Scorpion King, which well, he know. also
1: did uh, what was it called, uh, with Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, Eraser, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, he did. Eraser. I saw that when I was a kid, but I have no idea what it is, so <laughs> I remember watching it like what was on TV, like HBO or something back in the day. And I don't remember what happens in it. Is he like a security guard or something?
2: <laughs> I've never seen it, so I have no idea. Um, the writer uh, is Frank Darabont. And he has directed, I guess, 174 episodes of The Walking Dead. I don't know if that's true or not. He, he was. He had a pretty prolific run in the series. I think that's why I know his name so much. I don't even know who he is. Um, he also wrote for uh, you know, a nightmare on Elm street, or no, he, sorry, he didn't direct, he wrote for 174 episodes of The Walking Dead. He uh, wrote obviously, like I said, a nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors. He wrote for The Fly 2, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein from 1994, I believe. 94, and I'm pretty sure that's the one with uh, uh, the the the, the fuck is Robert De Niro, right? Yeah, that yeah. people uh, always make fun of. So
1: he also did. Uh, he directed and wrote uh, *Shawshank Redemption*, so I didn't and *The
2: Green Mile*, and *The Mist*, all which are like Stephen King adaptations.
0: So, real quick, just to circle back to Darabont and the whole *Walking Dead* thing, mm-hmm. the reason I said he's so prolific is because he was the one who who helped uh, transition the screenplay and the writing from the uh, the graphic novels to the pilot and then to the first two seasons. Um, but then very famously he got let go. And there are a lot of people in the walking dead community who like kind of pointed to a huge tonal shift in the show and like those first two seasons stand very starkly apart from the rest of the show. Season. obviously the show went on to be a mega success, but I feel like he
1: still going to today.
0: <laughs> yeah, he um he was considered someone who like desperately cared like loved the source material and I can and when you look at the way that the, the blob Turned out, you could see that he was a lover of the original source material. He and the adjustments that he that were made to it, and the way it was shot, and some of the scenes like he wanted to pay homage to the original. Um, but like, he's just one of a number of people on this project that I didn't realize. Like, I hadn't seen this movie in years. That have went on to had pretty extensive careers. Like, specifically him though, his career is pretty impressive to come from this and then to go all the way up through like Shawshank Redemption, Green Mile. Missed and then walking dead pretty it's pretty awesome yeah
2: he was also i guess uncredited for i'm assuming what he did was he punched up godzilla from 2014 um that's another big project that he worked on wouldn't surprise me yeah um uh and i guess him and chuck russell they originally met when they worked together on hell night from 1981 Mm -hmm. starring linda blair um i do enjoy that movie as corny as it is uh what what do you mean
1: does she, she get naked in there or no I don't remember.
2: Um, I just always thought there was one killer and then you find out in the end there's two. And I said, "Oh, the, the movie's so dark and like the killers look so much alike. It's like, I didn't even, I don't still don't know what's happening in this movie. Um, but yeah, that they, uh, Frank Darabont was actually a production assistant and Chuck Russell was a producer on that movie. So that's how they originally met, um, all the way back in 1981 and they worked together a few times on things. So, um, kudos to them the special effects for the most part for the blob itself I'm not worrying about other stuff but mostly just the blob was done by Tony Gardner who I think worked for Dream Quest images at the time um, I could be wrong on that uh, but that company itself was uh, I guess credited for doing a lot of the work just on this movie it said um, but Tony Gardner has his own like I guess little title card before the actual title card for the movie and mm-hmm. um, he worked on many, many things. Uh, he started out with Rick Baker back in the day. Uh, I think he got started on the uh, Thriller music video with him. I think that's how they eventually started working together. Um, I think he said he was 18 at the time and he was in college. And then he realized that uh, when you're in the effects business, it takes up a lot more time than he thought. So he quit school and he came full of like special effects guy, and he's made quite the fucking career out of it. Um, he's worked on many, 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 many things, too many to name. But just some of the big ones, like that, you know, would pertain to what we do, it, like The Lost Boys, uh, Evil Dead Two, Army of Darkness. Um, he even did some animatronics for like Ace Ventura Two, uh, when Nick, when Nature Calls. Like he he did a lot. Um, but yeah, originally, I think, he was hired. Tony Gardner was hired just to like do some blob effects that like somebody else that was doing the effects didn't want to do. And then he wound up just taking on like the brunt of it. Um, So most of the stuff that you see with the blob was actually his. Did he come up
1: with, um, with the actual blob? I
2: know it's
1: made from like some type of silk or something like that. I was like, it's like,
2: it's like a silk sheet and well, there's definitely Different techniques that happened. Mm-hmm. um they also used like some uh, i forget what the it, it does specifically but it's some like stuff that's used in baked goods or something like that or and it makes it oh. like it's like really slippery but also like firms like something in baked goods or something like that because
1: i know um the original blob from the 50s someone still actually has like the ooze in like uh, uh, yeah. a, a five gallon bucket and it still like looks the same
2: yeah, they, they use a different a lot of different techniques. He said there was like pearls they put in it, um some glitter like in things mm-hmm. they they use like uh fiberglass balls or I think it's fiberglass. Um I, I don't know, like a lot of different techniques. Um and they would also they have just like like there would be you'd see the blob in a shot uh specifically where um Paul is consumed by the blob. Mm-hmm. There's actually multiple sections of the blob in that one shot. There's one Piece that they're just pulling out a window and then there's the piece that's actually covering mm-hmm. Paul. It's like separate, it's not all one big thing. So they, they they combined a bunch of different things to like make it look the way it did, mm-hmm. which I think they
0: did a crazy job because it doesn't yeah. even look like a sheet to me anywhere. No. So yeah. And there and there were things that they did here and there um in specific scenes with lighting and with angles to hide things uh that I thought was clever because I remember w- I was watching it and I said oh okay I see what you did there. Press clever move to hide some stop motion effects.
2: Yeah. And you, they also did uh, a lot of miniatures that you wouldn't even realize if you
0: didn't know Um, as a, as a Japanese monster film specialist, I can tell you, I can,
1: I know a toy truck when I see a toy truck. Yeah. There's definitely some things (laughs) I saw and I said, that doesn't look right. Oh, I don't mean the the trucks like the phone booth and stuff like that. That doesn't, didn't look good. You
2: telling
0: me Mark that they didn't fucking make a woman explode in a phone booth. No. There were some really cool scenes though, <laughs> where they definitely did like layered blue screen effects. Well, where, well, yeah, that's had, like, like
2: the cornier shit that I do enjoy. Well. But um, so let's get into some of the characters. Of course, we have the main character, or who I would say is the main character, Meg Penny, played by Shawnee Smith. Um, apparently, she's my girl. And uh, well, you
1: always said she'd been looking good back in the day, and oh, um, she did. She was, and, especially uh, in, like Saw
2: Two. Well, even this, done. like, I concur. Uh, yeah, she was, she was looking good. Um, yeah. I think she was at Monster Mania before, right? She did Monster Mania Chiller Theater, yeah. But she was
0: like 2021 20, in this, right? Uh I yeah, mean, somewhere around there,
2: I think. Yes, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, It was one of those first times. I gotta I meet her because like, like, I, like I felt it. like the the cast I was cause normally like you know, like when when we open up the film we're like at a fo- football game and stuff like that. I'm just like, all right, here comes the 45 year olds that are high school students. And I was like this oh. isn't Greece. I was like, okay, all right, we are our casting looks on point here.
2: Yeah. Well, I think by this point they kind of understood that like well, I mean they do it into the nineties too, I guess. So yeah, they but still do no, it now. They're, they're, no, there's some night, ni- there's some real egregious nineties ones. I think now it looks a lot better. They try- tend to get people who look at least a lot younger um than they are. Um, but anyway, she was in the stand from nineteen ninety-four. <laughs> Sorry to hear that. Uh she was also in the shining from nineteen ninety-seven. Uh, and she was in the grudge three, saws one, two, three, and six. Then we have Brian Flagg, who's played by Kevin Dillon.
0: Not the good Dillon.
2: No. Well, I mean, you know, he he's had a he's successful had a, too. Yeah, he's had a great career. Yeah. Well,
1: I guess Entourage, that's why. Yeah,
2: exactly. Besides that, like he was in Platoon and that Doors like documentary, but not documentary thing. Yeah. Bio- biopic or whatever they call. Yeah, I
1: don't um, I don't even really really know too much he's been in.
2: Yeah. Um that's a movie called True Crime.
1: Hotel for Dogs.
2: And uh, but yeah, he was in 96 episodes of Entourage and the 2015 Entourage movie. Wow! And I've never watched Entourage Day in my life, so I don't know much about it. Um, mm-hmm. we have Paul Taylor played by Donovan le- 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 leech? <laughs> Leitch Leach Litch. Um, and he was in Cutting Class, yep, with Brad Pitt. And fuck, who's the girl in
1: Cutting well, Class? Well, uh, Rowdy. Um... Roddy McDowell's in it, too. Right, Yeah, Roddy was, McDowell. And I think there's the a Friday girl night. in there, too, right? Uh, Jill uh, Scholl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Scholl. You...
2: Sh- sh- I forget. Yeah, but yes, her, too. Um,
1: She's from the stepfather, your your girl.
2: Yeah, and also in Babies in Toyland. And when she got naked in the stepfather said, well, didn't know this was a thing. <laughs> but now I do. I'm happy <laughs> I know. Uh, no, no. The last person I'll, I'll mention um, for right now is Sheriff Herb Geller, played by Jeffrey demun who was in Christmas Evil, The Hitcher, which we covered on the podcast. Uh, anyway, he was also a cop in that. The Isn't Shawshank it? Redemption, The Green Mile, The Mist, and 19 episodes of The Walking Dead, which I think we mentioned.
1: Probably. When we talked yeah.
2: about The Hitcher. Because um, I didn't know who he was, and you guys told me who's that the old guy, and I said, makes sense. The Gitcher. And um, I think for now, that's all. It's really worth mentioning. Unless you guys have anybody you want to talk about?
1: Well, I know um, uh, the original one, Steve McQueen was like the lead and they wanted his son to do it. And he said like, nah, the yeah. script sucks.
2: Well, he uh, wanted to, they wanted him to play the Brian Flag character. Yeah. And I guess he also said that he like vowed to never like do a role that his, was based on his dad's, like any role, yeah. I know he did. said that,
1: but he told them to the scripts, like, isn't good either, yeah. But it makes me sad he hasn't been in Cobra Kai yet.
0: Uh, yeah, the only person I can think of is um Paul McCrain as uh, as the deputy. Bill. oh yeah he looked familiar but i don't know who he is so he had a he had a lot of tv roles so like law and order roles he had but he had, like, he had a long run on um er and a long run on 24 hmm.
1: for a minute i thought he was um the dad from black christmas that was looking for his daughter was it the same mustache, <laughs> I think? kind of yeah looked- for a second i said wait is that him i was like i don't remember us mentioning this he
0: almost reminded me of that guy from happy days too and he was also a um, meal in uh, RoboCop. I've never seen RoboCop. Oh, that's a good movie. Yeah, sue me. I'm sure people out there
2: have like, fucking seen it. Yeah, no. Dude, I haven't. This guy
1: died. Who? Penny's dad, Or Meg's dead. Uh, Art LaFleur. Sure, maybe he did. That wouldn't oh, surprise God. me. I mean, how old he, was he? Dude, In ripped. this, he had
2: to have been in like what? His 50s? Well, he was
1: Babe Ruth in Um Sandlot. Oh, what?
0: Dude, I didn't even put that together. I'm surprised yeah, Sam didn't in, even He died in November. Wow. Yeah, wasn't
1: wasn't he on uh that show? Wow, uh, All in the Family was it? He's in Santa Claus two, Santa Claus three. You know what uh, was that? What was that show with Fran Drescher? Nanny, nanny. Wasn't he that? Wasn't <laughs> he fucking Kimmy? No, well,
0: yeah. Hey, wasn't that? Wasn't he? I've never seen it. That's no, not- no, not not with her. What's her? not Fran Drescher? Um, she plays the mom in Sons of Anarchy. Married with children? Yeah, it wasn't he the father and married with children? No, that's what? Ed O'Neill, you dirtbag. Yeah, wait, was who was that? Beck.
2: Ed O'Neill. Oh yeah. Well, they look alike.
1: Okay. What? what? No, he does like not. <laughs> okay,
2: you better fucking show some respect to Al Bundy, my guy. Yeah. I'm gonna look him up right now. Dude, he's a black uh, like. jujitsu black. He's belt. The, he's the Cowboys head time. coach
1: in Little Giants too. Me and Kyle talked about that today.
2: That's weird. <laughs> Never it's seen him coming
1: back. My girl Icebox. I got to meet her finally.
2: Synchronicity. I got to watch Poison Ivy. Apparently, I got to find out which it's, one she you was know what's in. Yo, it's
1: weird. It's like a TV movie too from 2008.
2: The Poison Ivy she was in.
1: Yeah. They,
2: they might have been like three then.
1: You no, know, she was in Poison Ivy four. They
2: made a fourth one.
1: Yeah, in 2008. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Yo, I'm just gonna tell you this right now
0: on 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 the uh, movieforums.com. Oh wow, that sounds authentic it says actors you may mistake for other actors okay you it's that better not be on there and art lafleur and ed o'neill
1: <laughs> what
0: are very similar i, I don't I, think i so. didn't
1: know that guy died that's like breaks my heart man. they don't, I don't even look that. a little bit alike to me babe ruth man then again I also
0: this is the same website that says that neil patrick harris and uh anton yelchin look the exact same i don't, I don't know, know who that is, know. so he played uh what's his face in it, um
1: fright night the remake
0: uh, yeah, or, or that Amy Adams and Jenna Fisher from The Office look like okay. I can kind of see that a little bit.
1: No, Amy Adams looks like um, Borat's wife, right? Isla Fisher, Fesh- Fisher, whatever name is.
2: Or- I have no idea who you are talking about. I think this guy doesn't look like Ed O'Neill to me because I grew up with married with children like that. Like I used to love that fucking show. Oh, if I can share my screen. I'm looking at two photos. I don't like, I want I, get it. I don't want to see your screen because you're fucking pissing me off. <laughs> All right, let's jump into this fucking movie. Uh, The Blob opens with a shot of a relatively deserted town and then comes to find out everyone's just at the high school for a football game. Paul Taylor, the, I guess, wide receiver. Is that what he would be?
1: Yes. (laughs) I used to play
2: football. Uh, He scores a touchdown and eyes up Meg Penny, a cheerleader for the school, saying that he plans on asking her out. Paul goes out for another pass and completes it, getting tackled by three guys. <laughs> uh, anybody want to just, you know, top uh, down
1: anybody? What tacky, tackle you?
2: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> While on the ground in the daze, he asks out Meg, who walks up checking on him. Um, Brian Flagg, who's the local like outcast troublemaker type guy, greaser looking mother sucker. Uh, he's oh. finishing. We
1: also didn't mention he had to wear hair extensions for because he couldn't grow hair.
2: Him and Meg, yeah, uh, yeah. and Shawnee Smith, they were both told to wear hair extensions. Yeah,
1: had <laughs> pubes on his head.
2: Um, but he's a local outcast. Uh, he finishes a beer while like on an abandoned type road. He throws his can across across a like broken down wooden bridge. Uh, he heads down the road away from the bridge, and then when he gets a little bit of distance from it. He turns around, revs his engine to his motorcycle. Boom, boom, boom.
1: Cool guy here when he falls and over.
2: It's kind of like in sync with the roar of the crowd. I did enjoy that, that little touch. Yeah, that's an audio design. Yeah. Um, And then he starts to head towards the bridge, but his motorcycle is like malfunctioning and it won't get the speed he needs to jump it. Instead, he just slides off the bridge with the bike and a passing homeless man watches, like claps. (laughs) This
1: is so good. He just claps and pours out some beer. (laughs) Yep.
0: Had to pour it out for the home.
1: We thought he was dead. Yeah. He's like, fuck.
2: (laughs) Uh,
0: Sheriff, what? He said, I'll be back. I'll be back for your uh, bones later. (laughs)
2: Sheriff Herb Geller is at the diner in town and asks out the waitress Fran Hewitt who writes a note to him saying that she gets out 11 on his check. Uh, Brian, now in town, tries to duck around a building away from the sheriff, but sheriff sees and congratulates him on his upcoming 18th birthday because he knows he's a troublemaker and now Mm -hmm. he won't be a child anymore. Uh, Brian goes Hall for you. That's right. No,
1: No more Juvie Hall for you.
2: Brian goes into a garage and tells Moss Woodley, the I guess local mechanic, that his bikes broke down, asking him to use his ratchet set.
1: One ratchet's also- going to fix his bike, which is crazy here. Nothing else. He needs one ratchet. You said you got a ratchet? Not even. A ra- I don't think he said ratchet set. I think he said ratchet.
0: Like just <laughs> one ratchet. I sure <laughs> am <laughs> hungry. <laughs> let, me, let me. I tell sure you know that.
1: how to fix bikes with the one ratchet.
0: As, as someone who's ridden <laughs> motorcycles since I was a teenager and has put one down, the way he crashed that bike. You, you you need a lot more than a ratchet to fix that.
1: Well, that puts the down thing is, they didn't have the budget. That's I'm, t- I'm going to tell you so what. That, get any
0: more tools. That that bike must be a Honda because he puts through so much of abuse and it still doesn't die. You're not a mechanic, Rob.
2: Don't tell I'm, us what it takes to fix a motorcycle.
0: I'm not a mechanic. I am a mechanical advisor to this podcast. Mm-hmm, there you go. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Therefore, I have no legal responsibility to be right.
2: Most of the mechanic agrees. To- uh, to like let Brian have the uh, ratchet set is whenever you know well I guess Brian offers to like help during the weekend but then Moss is like okay it's fine take the ratchet so he's, but he's not expecting him to come help I guess over no. the weekend I don't yeah. know Um, and when Brian says you know I owe you one he says you owe me too damn many <laughs> out in the woods a homeless man standing around a fire and watches as a meteor goes over his head lands a short distance away and goes over to start checking it out and then Scott, who is Paul Taylor's friend, borrows a few dollars from Paul, telling him he's that telling Paul that he's not the only one with a date tonight. Uh, he goes to buy a few condoms from a pharmacist. And then the reverend in town comes up behind Scott while Scott's trying on some sunglasses <laughs> and a mirror. And uh, he congratulates him on his win at the game and says he hasn't seen him in church lately.
1: I haven't seen you at the service lately. <laughs>
2: which is perfect timing because the pharmacist comes up asking if uh, Scott would like ribbed or regular condoms this is such a good scene (laughs) yeah and trying to evade the awkwardness uh all embarrassed he tells the two that he's buying them for his friend paul over there who's taking a naive girl out on a date and he insisted that paul be safe and use condoms uh and they all kind of like look at paul in a very disapproving manner
1: (laughs) this is using protection
2: yeah the homeless man gets to the edge of the crater or the rim of the crater. Well, he has a
1: fucking little axe, a hand axe. <laughs> yep. He's ready to fucking swing that thing.
2: Um, and he sees like a pink glowing kind of liquid inside, like bubbling up. So he grabs a big stick, <laughs> starts poking at it. And he's out the bear.
1: <laughs>
2: he lifts the glue, uh, the glue,
1: the glue. <laughs> he, he,
2: he lifts the goo from the meteor. It like latches onto him. Uh, then at home, Meg's younger brother, Kevin, and friend, Eddie, talk about going to see a basic slice and dice garden tool massacre. But Meg's mother said that she won't let him see that trash. Then upstairs, Meg is getting dressed and finds that her sweater shrank, so her mother lets her wear her cashmere sweater. Ooh. Paul gets there just in time, ringing the doorbell, asking to see Meg. And then her brother, Kevin, closes the door on him, and but- but the mom opens.
1: But before this, this is when the dad pulls the newspaper down. You see, it's the pharmacist before even Paul gets there. Do you? Yeah, he like he's reading a newspaper and then. No, he...
2: not yet. That happens sure? after Paul's in there. Yeah, because yeah. Um, because Meg's mom lets him in uh, while Meg's like finished getting ready, and then Kevin and Eddie leave to go have a sleepover at Eddie's, quote unquote. Uh-huh. Uh, and then Meg wants to introduce Paul to her father. She's uh-huh. like, "Oh, I want you to meet my dad," and then. He pulls on the oh, newspaper, right. and that's you're where it's right. revealed that the father is the pharmacist from earlier.
1: Yikes. Yeah, and he got the ribbed condoms. Mm-hmm. And he's like, ribbed. <laughs> he's <even laughs> meant ribs. Some barbecue uh, ribs.
2: Uh, Brian is in the woods now working on the bike in the dark. because That's the best time to work on a bike in the woods. Uh, the homeless man comes up startling Brian, and he reaches out causing Brian to kind of fall back. And the homeless man strikes at his own wrist with a hatchet. <laughs> trying to cut off his hand. That was good. That was good. Yeah. <laughs> that the blob is clung to, um, but it begins to eat its way up the man's arm. And he kind of runs off leaving Brian alone in the dark again. But Brian gets up and starts following him in the car. Meg apologizes for her father or apologize. Yeah. Apologize for her father, Paul. And Paul says he understands and saying, I guess it's not, the, or it's the worst impression he's ever made or not the worst impression. Uh, um, and then he also says, Scott, Jessica's going to die. That's his, That's his friend. Yeah. The friend of the friend. Uh, then out in the woods, the homeless man runs into the street, followed by Brian, and Paul hits the man with his car.
1: <laughs> I think he did it on purpose, honestly. I
2: think yeah, this... She was like, Paul, look out. And He was like, what, accelerate? I think this is where uh, I know he did last summer. Got it from. Honestly. That's what I was thinking too. Uh, they get out and they start to help the man into the car, <laughs> and uh, they tell Brian to come along. Who was a bit reluctant at first, but Paul said that he's part of this and that he can help explain it to the police. Actually, Paul
0: says, "I'm the boy of the house, and you're going to get in the car. I'm going to spank you." Well, that's yeah, right. That's
1: when Flag realized, said, "Wait, I don't want you to pin, on, pin this on me, so I will come with you guys."
2: Which doesn't make sense. They can be like, "Yeah, it was actually this guy right here. <laughs> he's here, so that's really <laughs> weird the blood's on know. the blood's on your car, bro. Take it and leave it." <laughs> Uh, they get to the hospital and the staff takes the homeless man away to go see a doctor. Um, at this point, Brian decides he's going to leave. And when Paul tries to stop him, Brian says, these people don't give a shit about explanations. And if you need me, you know where to find me.
1: In the woods, fixing my bike in the pitch dark.
2: I don't think they do know that, though. <laughs> but uh, Paul apologizes to Meg saying it's, she's probably had better first dates and offers her to buy her soda from the local vending machine. That will fix it all
1: a nice guy and
2: she she says make it a diet uh while at the machine he notices something happening in the room so he approaches the old man in the bed um and the old man looks over at him eyes bulging and he kind of looks like something's (laughs) uh
1: his eyes growing (laughs) white too
2: yeah something's like glowing or growing in his throat yeah uh he gets the doctor for help and when the doctor comes in he removes the blanket from the man and finds that his lower half is missing. Seems to have been burned away with something like acid or something.
1: Like missing like they're going to go find it or <laughs> yeah, like, huh, where the fuck did that go? We got to go Dude, find it. Do this. you know where your legs went by any chance? That <laughs> They don't just Wait. walked off.
2: <laughs> oh, I see you there, you son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, the doctor goes for more help and Paul goes to call the sheriff and as he's reporting it to the sheriff, we see the blob kind of climbing up the wall door whatever the fuck that is behind him um, and he notices some acid drop onto the desk in front of him and when he looks up the blob drops from the ceiling trying to catch Paul and Paul yells uh, Meg hearing him scream runs in to find Paul covered by the blob in a very iconic shot <laughs> uh, she grabs his hand trying to pull him free from it but his arm comes loose
0: right below the elbow and she pulls the severed limb from the blob falling back and hitting her head and the hand's, like, still twitching on the ground as and, like, as it's disintegrating. The effect is solid.
1: Yeah, That's really him under there, too, which is crazy.
0: Yeah, and they said because, like, the sheet and the effect, like, the
2: stuff they had to use on the sheets and all that, it was almost, like, waterboarding and he, like, it's hard to yeah. breathe.
1: And, so, and I supposedly, like, I guess uh, what's her name, too, didn't know it was actually going to be him under there so she was, like, shocked yeah. that he was there.
2: Because they like, made a bunch of, like, casts of yeah. him to use and I guess they said it didn't
0: they didn't think it would look right i so think they, it
1: looks a lot better like this they they, yeah. think they did the right thing they made a even lot though of though, good effects balls even though that guy probably was tortured for this scene but <laughs> he actually died right no <laughs> the blob got him yeah technically yeah.
2: and this was actually the last scene that they filmed oh was it with the blob at least yeah because um they knew that this kind of reveal for the blob like you had seen the blob a little bit before but this big reveal was going to be the most important. And so what they did was they used their experience and the techniques they learned from the other parts of the movie to yeah. perfect it, use it here, um, which I think was a good idea as well. And this scene almost got them an X rating because when they pull the hand away, you see moving blood like spurting out. Mm-hmm. Um, and that little bit almost got them the X rating. But then I guess when the uh, motion picture association realized what was happening and the rest of the movie, like, they kind of just let it slide. Mm-hmm. Right. But it still has an R. I don't and know. It does like, like the movie.
1: Hitchcock effect here, too, because you would think Paul is going to be the main guy throughout the whole movie and he dies like, what, 30 minutes in, 20 minutes in, whatever? Yeah, it is. because
0: he's the Steve McQueen character. Like, he, he's that archetype of like all American boy. Yeah. And this movie's like, yeah, no, welcome to the 80s. Yep.
1: So they did it before Scream. Hmm.
0: Uh, her family comes to get her
2: as police are on site. They tell her or they tell her family to um, take her home. And the sheriff doesn't think he's like, she's not going to be able to answer any questions tonight. Uh, he talks. also, he also talks about how Paul was a good kid and they want the person who did this to him. Justin, as you know, an officer is driving up with uh, Brian in the back of a vehicle on his date in the car, like at a lover's name type area, Scott is trying to mack it to his, his date. Vicky. Vicky
1: vicky uh, valentine he,
2: he's trying to make sex with her uh when she takes note of like some lights over down by the hospital uh scott thinks that she needs another drink so he gets out goes to his trunk and he
0: starts uh making a drink for her while the blob approaches the car you what see a wild, that's a wild little bar he has yeah I, right? I think one of the details that i liked is um you know when he was in the Kim car Sullivan with her he, oh. he was like i mean Whatever, whatever gets you going, Mark. Um, so, <laughs> he says to the girl, he's like, he's like, "Hey, baby, you know, you got my ring. That means you're my girl." And then he goes to the back and like he's like surfing through this like homemade bar. He opens a box and there's like thirty or forty rings in there. And I said, yeah. "Okay, all right." My favorite thing about the bar is the little hand mixer that he ha- he was using
2: on each <laughs> drink. I've never like, seen damn. that before. I'm like, damn, he gives a fuck right there. Like, yeah. he knew. Um, this
0: is this is the man who goes to college and everybody loves him.
2: Yeah. Uh, He finishes making the drink, comes back into Vicky, who's passed out. (laughs) He looks down her shirt a little. He goes to unbutton her blouse. You look a little warm there. Since it's hot out, you know, just trying to help her out. Do a little favor. (laughs) Uh, He sticks his hand down her shirt, and tentacles shoot out of her chest area, grabbing him, pulling him in, uh, the blob consuming him. And you see, like, his feet in the air and shit (laughs) inside the car. (laughs) At home, Meg is being put to bed by her mother, trying to give her like some medication too i guess to or sedative i guess that would i mean. don't know
1: what it is maybe ambient
2: um to, and also tries to console her saying that the police will handle everything and she stops her mother saying oh like you don't believe me either do you and her mom says nope but get some sleep because that's all that's important nah.
1: <laughs> go to fucking sleep stupid bitch She's
2: <laughs> like you're a liar go to sleep <laughs> you're a liar in a fucking horse seat now go yep. to sleep so <laughs> we're gonna find that horse i hate you <laughs> uh, we get a nice shot of the blob leaving Scott's car making its way into the sewer at the station Brian is being interrogated by the police uh, but he says that if yes he if he's under arrest uh, says he wants a lawyer if he is and if not then he wants to be let go But Deputy Bill Briggs tries to insult him to upset him to get him to talk but Sheriff Geller tells the uh, deputy hey let him go He's a punk, but he's not a killer.
1: And he also licks Bill's face. That was
2: hilarious. Uh, Meg pulls up just as Brian's walking out of the station saying, "So did
1: she not take the pills here or how no, does this happen?
2: They, they show it on the nightstand.
1: Oh, okay. I didn't yeah. notice that. That's I'm like, didn't she just take these pills? How did this girl just get out of the house?
2: No, she, um, they showed on the nightstand. And I think she even gets up and looks out the window before they cut to uh, Brian in mm-hmm. the police station. Um, she Meg says she, was... sorry.
1: No, I said Meg was coming to say she was going to bail him out. Yeah. not we'll take
2: want money? <laughs> I
0: don't
2: exactly, right? Well, they, I'm assuming they would. They say, huh, you got a credit card? Yeah, no, we'll take that.
0: Yeah, we'll, we'll take a loan on that. No problem.
2: Yeah, and she also says she needs to talk to him. He says he's sorry about her boyfriend, but he's tired and hungry and not in the mood. So he heads across the street to the diner, and Fran offers him a sandwich, even though the diner's supposed to be closed. Meg comes in saying uh, she needs his help because he saw, I guess, what happened. Mm -hmm. And Brian's like, dude, I didn't see shit. (laughs) I was even there. The whole time. (laughs) Uh, But Meg explains, like, whatever it was on the man killed Paul. And then he got bigger. And Brian's like, you know, I know you're the homecoming queen, but, like, are you strung out or something? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, She gets upset saying that he's like everyone else in town, full of shit. And she goes to walk off. Brian stops her, telling her to sit down. And she starts kind of crying. He's like, uh, have a sandwich. I don't know what to do with Crying <laughs> women. Do you want to eat? <laughs> eat my you sandwich?
1: Like, <laughs> you like sandwich that I already ate some of it?
2: God. I like how he doesn't even tell her like, what the sandwich is. He's just like, you want some? Just, here you go. Um, Deputy Briggs is out patrolling. And you see, like, the sheriff, I guess, at the station still. And then he remembers the note from Fran. Mm-hmm. And then back at the diner, Fran's in the back with, I think it's supposed to be the cook, but the guy who does the special effects called him the dishwasher. So
1: I thought it was a dishwasher too. That's I thought it was, was a cook
2: because, like, I, don't, I didn't think Fran was cooking everything back there.
1: Well, it was the end of the night. So the cook probably went home. So she probably just whipped up a sandwich.
2: That's some dirtbag shit, man. Uh, but he tries to, like, uh, plunge the sink or she franchise plunging <laughs> yeah. the sink that's backed up and the uh the cook whatever he is dishwasher offers to do it for her uh, after the plunger doesn't work he sticks his hand into the drain pulling out a piece of the blob and then it shoots up from the drain grabbing him by the face pulling him into the drain <laughs> like the whole his whole body into the drain uh sucking him in completely then the blob shoots out hitting the ceiling and runs after Meg and Brian who run tried they hide themselves in the freezer it tries to come underneath the door, but is scared away by the cold temperature. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fran breaks out a window to the diner and climbs out. And then she goes into a payphone, tries to call for
0: help. Which I just, I don't know. As soon as she does that, I'm like, "Yeah, well, this is gonna be fun.
2: Yeah. Apparently there was supposed to be an extended scene there where uh, you see her running from the blob and she gets to the front door and realizes that it's locked. And then, then she climbs out the window. It was just uh. a little bit extended, but because I I did think when they went to the freezer, I was like, where the fuck did Fran go? <laughs> and then they just show her climbing out a window. I'm like, that's an odd choice. Um uh let's see. In the freezer, Brian puts his jacket around Meg and hugs her, promising that he's gonna get them out of there. And at this, I'm like, dude, this is so fucking forced. <laughs> Uh, Hurts to watch. Um, I don't know who's more rapey, him or Scott, who is literally raping a girl. (laughs) Uh, The payphone, Fran is in, gets encased by the blob. Uh, She calls the sheriff's office, but the dispatcher tells her that the sheriff left already to head to the diner, and then the line cuts out. And then Fran sees the head of Herb kind of float up against the glass,
0: like really, like already have torn, decomposed. Like that was a really, really cool effect and a really great way of just being like, hey. We didn't have to show this kill, but you can imagine.
2: Yeah. and I, I
0: didn't know it was him at, until she said, oh,
1: Herb. Yeah, you would never know. It could be anyone. Yeah,
0: But her, uh, then again, like her reaction, though, like, I don't know. She wasn't the strongest actor in the scene. She's like,
1: oh, my God, Herb.
0: Yeah. Well, guess I'm next. Um, but it pushes its way through the glass bursting
2: in, and it kind of like tears her apart. It's good. Yeah. I liked it. Some people here didn't, but I did.
1: I didn't think it was bad. I just say you could tell it was miniature shit.
2: Honestly, didn't know his miniatures till I watched the interview with him. Uh, Meg and Brian come out of the freezer. Brian grabs a brick to help him help get themselves out of the locked diner. Yeah. Which I wish they showed him smashing through the fucking door, honestly, because uh, that has no payoff. But um, uh, the Reverend's walking by sees the blob making its way. Like out of the alley from where it just consumed Fran and goes back into the sewer. He heads over to the diner going inside to see if everyone's okay, but he just finds like a cat eating jam uh, from a can that Brian knocked over with a hook or whatever. Uh, He reaches the freezer and kneels down grabbing a few pieces of the frozen blob and puts it in a little glass jar and it sits on it. It it breaks in his asshole. And that's how Jar Squatter started.
0: Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. I feel so educated.
2: (laughs) Uh, Megan, Brian, make it to the police station where the dispatcher says she hasn't been able to reach anyone. But the deputy was going up to Elkins Grove where Brian originally found uh, the old homeless man. They drive there and find the patrol vehicle pulled over, emergency lights on, but abandoned. They decide to go search the woods for the deputy Briggs, and they hear a noise, and then they're met with wind and bright lights from a vehicle in the sky. And then a team of people in hazmat suits run out to meet them, saying that they are there to help. Dr. Meadows explains, who's, I guess, the head guy, explains that uh, they're with the government. They're a sanctioned biological containment team, basically microbe hunters who are there to investigate the meteorite that landed, which is the source of all of their worries. He says that the meteor brought something from space and he's been prepared and expecting it his whole life.
1: That's how the dinosaurs died out overnight.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, like he does a really good job of being like the Mr. Rogers of the government. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. He's just like, it's a wonderful day in the neighborhood, a neighborhood where microorganisms may kill you. Really good.
2: At the movies, Eddie and Kevin are hushed by Eddie's brother, who is the usher for the theater, because uh, he doesn't want to get caught and get in trouble with their mother. <laughs>
0: I love, I, I love when they're watching it. Um, I, like at first, you don't know you're watching a movie; like you yeah. think it's the same movie. Like you see these two guys making out, and I said, "Oh, look, another person get taken out," and then you hear like the the sound of the hedge clippers, mm-hmm. and you're just like, "What the heck?" And they look up the guy, and the guy's like, "It's a little late to be doing the weeds," and I'm like. <laughs> what what and yeah. then he realized he realize it's a spoof on friday the 13th and i'm just like oh it was I, I don't know i thought it was so funny especially when he looks up and they're like and they like he like shows, looks up with the cheap hockey mask and like starts shaking it like you know uh leather face from the texas chainsaw mask i don't know it was it was like a nice little like tongue-in-cheek nod to the other to the mm-hmm. to the hip topic at the time which was the slasher films and like jason was just everywhere and doesn't he even say it's not even hockey season anymore, or something yeah, like that. That's
1: like, what he said. Yeah, he's he like, wearing a hockey mask. Not, even, not hockey even hockey
0: season anymore." <laughs> like it's so good. Like I don't know. I just feel like, I don't, like I get that the comedy wasn't appreciated at the time, but I feel like it's aged well. Like the comedy, like you look back at it now, especially people who like horror and that cult cinema group, like, I feel like they look back on it, like okay, that's clever. Like it, I see that we were like-minded people making this movie. Mm-hmm. So in the projector room, it's so hot that the projection
2: operator goes to look into the vent, to see if it's like blocked by something and he's attacked by the blob and uh, you don't really see it. But he yells out as the camera cuts away. Another worker comes up finding that uh, the guy's entrapped in the blob, stuck to the Hobbs. ceiling. What's up?
1: This is name Hobbs, right?
0: Oh, I have no idea. That could be it, actually. Yeah, but I mean, like, the the effect of him on the ceiling, like, calling for help, like, you're yeah. seeing his body, once again, superb. Like, it's... It, I You might hear me say this a couple of times, but I really do think that this film is, for me, in the time period of the 80s, close second to the thing mm-hmm. in terms of its body horror work. I mean, very, very, very good.
1: Not not Hellraiser? Hellraiser 2?
0: Well, we're going to review that next. Don't worry. Oof. Uh, it
2: reaches <laughs> out to the guy... As he scream, uh, his screams are covered by the screams of the people watching Garden Tool Massacre in the theater. <laughs> Garden Tool, I love the title too. Yeah, me too. <laughs> they have like movies that are actually like, titled shit very similar to that. So. gun
1: Massacre, uh,
2: Toolbox Murders, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like a bunch on of shit the nose, nice and on the nose. Um, Meg and Brian tried to leave. Um, the containment group guys we're back with them. Um, try to, they try to leave. Uh, when asked to get into a van by Dr. Meadows, but then they're forced in by the crew, and as they're in the back of the moving vehicle, Brian takes out the ratchet. Ooh, look at that. A little callback. He starts undoing the locks to the door.
0: Starts ratcheting up the tension. Yep. Yeah. Uh, hmm. Uh, Better on that one wrong. That that one didn't land in it. I'll be back in the air, don't worry.
2: uh, He says that they should leave, and he encourages encourages her to come with him but she tells him to just go so he jumped from the van and then starts making his way through the woods uh, heading towards his motorcycle again
0: that van was moving kind of fast i'm not yeah. gonna lie when he <laughs> jumped when, when he opened that door and i saw how fast that thing was moving i said somebody's getting a concussion this is not gonna be a good time i already know what rob's face would look like because it would look
2: like <laughs> when he was up at the fucking waterfall and he looked down and he said i'm not jumping <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I realized I couldn't go back down. He like looked down. He said, like, nope. <laughs> said, all right, see ya. I <laughs> was uh, a great <laughs> moment. Kyle look, just looked me dead in the eyes and I was like, please don't <laughs> abandon me. He's like, bye. And just jumped. Uh, in town,
2: the biological containment crew is rounding up citizens of the town and like herding them into checkpoints. When Meg arrives, her mother and father realize that they don't have Kevin and realize that him and Eddie snuck off to see the movie they approach a crew member about this and he says that they're going through like each sector and we'll get there eventually, but that's not good enough for Meg's father and starts to grill the guy said, I pay your salary.
1: I'm the pharmacist in this town, motherfucker.
2: (laughs) And that distracts him just long enough for Meg to run away. Eddie goes to confront a man um, talking behind them in the theater When he turns around, he turns around just in time to watch the man pulled up from his seat by the blob um, that is now taking up the whole back wall of the theater.
0: Yeah, I mean it's 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 carnage time.
2: Yeah, the crowd screams and begins to run out in panic uh, just as Meg arrives, uh, looking for her brother Kevin. The blob is consuming, melting people in the theater. Like I like when Meg like kneels down like help the girl or whatever, and she like lifts up her head and the fuck girl's face is like melted to the ground. Yeah. Uh, Meg finds the boys and the blob starts making its way for them. It's like the blob wants just Meg, you know,
0: like it's like you, you got away. I like here how they, um, what I mentioned before, they, uh, they obviously had like you know the film reel run out, so it was causing the flicker. Mm-hmm. But that was a really, 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 really clever way to lower the stop motion budget because when you're doing stop motion with people running in frame, especially if it's a blue screen stop motion. It costs so much more time and money when you have to sync everything perfectly. Where when you have the um, when you have the flashing lights, you can cut more frames out mm. and spend less time doing it. So it was. I'm I. I honestly, if I had to guess, that that scene did not originally call for that light flicker, and that was probably patched in there to cut budget and time, but also to add the effect. And it's something. I mean, I've mentioned Ray Harryhausen before, um, Harryhausen's effects are part second to none when it comes to stop motion, legendary. And so like when you look at his stop motion and you actually research the time and effort it takes to just shoot 20 seconds of a stop motion shot with another person in the shot. Insane, insane. So my, my hats off to the, to the special effects team here making really, really, really good choices for both time and money, and making it stretch.
2: That's a good catch because I didn't even realize like they did that.
0: Yeah, because
1: now you could say that
0: because <laughs> the blob, the blob relies on a when the blob is in following people, they're using that sheet effect, which is great and it looks very natural. But when you're dealing with a large moving object with people in frame, the only way they could have done it was stop motion. That was it at the time. Um, so yeah, pretty pretty cool fix. Yeah. Um, she grabs the boys and as the blob follows them,
2: um, they go through like a door w- and <clears throat> um, uh, it grabs onto Kevin's jacket that gets caught in the door on their way out. He takes off his jacket. They run down an alley undoing a manhole cover, which I don't know why that's your first choice, but hey, uh, And they go down into the sewer covering the hole back up just in time for the like to slow down the blob a little bit. Um, but it even kind of reaches out. Uh, catching Meg's hair, but she's able to pull herself free. In the woods, again, Brian is walking with his bike as he hears some of the biological team uh, being told to lock up the town over the radio. He hides, watching as they pull the meteor from the crater, noting that the bacteria, uh, they note that the bacteria in the meteor mutated in space, and now it's growing exponentially. Dr. Meadows' co-worker says it'll put the U.S. defense uh, team i guess ahead of the russians um but the worker who i guess said it's grown exponentially said that like within a week there may not be a u.s uh but dr meadows thinks that they need to just contain it properly that's all in private the worker says that he doesn't agree with what dr meadows is doing but meadows uh says they're going to anything they're doing is more important than the few people in the town that they're going to lose and tells the man to just carry out his orders and um, they get a call from the team over by the theater who say that the organism was seen going into the sewers but when asked um i guess somebody asks meadows about like what do they do about the citizens that are near the theater and meadows just says you know they're expendable fuck them
1: well, no, I think he says, uh, "But civilians went into the sewer or in the sewer too." But he didn't care. I'm pretty yeah. sure if he says something like that.
2: Yeah. Um. Just then, Brian is discovered hiding, and they try like holding him at gunpoint. But he punches the soldier, who accidentally fires a shot off. Um, in the process, he alerts everyone by doing that, and then Brian gets chased like on his motorcycle by a team who's in like, I don't know, fucking jeeps and you know, helicopter and- driving,
0: driving around in, in chevy silverados like with <laughs> m16s straight out like and and how i don't know it's funny it's like i'm pretty sure what right i write here my let me just see what i remember because this section is called flag versus the government aka rick flag um so like explain to me how he's spotted by the government hunted down and not a single one of these agents can hit him but he jumped the bridge yeah so good on him like he made it right like that whole bridge scene in the beginning wasn't for nothing he nailed it now you know um and th- i'm pretty sure like when he jumps that bridge and gets away doesn't he turn around and he's like yeah like well, he, he gives him like the finger oh okay i don't know what yeah, was yeah. the finger it was i thought it was yeah. like a, it was like a moment just like yeah not not that i survived gunfire or anything just i, I nailed the jump i did it he, like, <laughs> yeah
2: he like flips him off as he's driving away What the funniest part to me is that like Right away, like the helicopter stops, like chasing him too. It's like, oh fuck, he made that jump. God damn it!
1: What do we do? We're not going to find him.
2: Call off the search, boys. Yeah, Um, but he does hide from the helicopter and then heads towards a large entrance into the sewer that I guess is just randomly out in the woods somewhere. I don't know if that was a thing back in the eighties, but
0: I mean they're still all over. Um, Like they're just they're you see a lot of them um, in California. Like when you look at LA and you look at the the long trench that drains the sewers, they're all like exhaust vents. Even New York City has them too, but LA is kind of the biggest one I can think of as is, is an example of modern runoffs. Like the one in the Terminator? Terminator 2, sorry. Yeah, when they go down
2: to the trench of the truck yeah. chase. Yeah. 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 Um, but the thing is, that's like a small
0: town. I mean, it's something like that in It as well, right? Like that's... Yeah, that's, that's where the get. sewers run off into the... Yeah. I mean, that looks very nice for that, town. Maybe I a, it's, it's that would, town, I don't know where that town.
2: I don't know a town around here that has that kind of shit.
0: <laughs> well, that's because we have a pretty decent interconnected sewers, and we just dump everything into our back base and then worry about it 35 years later. Yeah, that's not a bad idea, honestly. Sounds like America. Um,
2: but uh, Meadows arrives to like the main headquarters and learns that they're going to try to close the main valves, three main valves to the sewers, uh, to try to trap the blob in meg and the boys make their way through the sewer system still running from the blob that is still chasing them uh meg gets kevin up on some pipes to get out and then kevin or sorry eddie is grabbed from behind um she goes back after eddie but he pops out half melted and falls back
0: into the water uh then she's like oh fuck well he's doomed <laughs> i'm yeah. out of here i mean i'm surprised that sh- that this is where they didn't get a possible x-ray day. yeah
1: they should i like, can't kill believe they killing a kid this. in yeah. 1988
0: yeah. on screen well, the special effects guy said that too. He's like, I thought the big problem was going to be
2: killing a kid, but he's like, but I guess technically we didn't show him dying. <laughs> he was just deformed and then fell back into the water. And he's mm-hmm. like, I think that kind of saved us. Yeah, like he could still be alive <laughs> under
0: there. I doubt it, but yes, he could be. Sure. What's what's the kid's name? Eddie. Eddie. Can we, can we start a trend? Hashtag pray for Eddie. <laughs> well, I you could, but I'm sure that a lot of other shit will pop up. <laughs> Right. Uh, nothing
2: that has to do with the blob. <laughs> yeah, get, right. home sa- get
1: home safe, Eddie. Get yeah. home
2: safe, Eddie. Uh, she starts climbing up the pipes behind Kevin, um, but the like blob starts uh, growing from the water uh, and it reaches out for her. She can't make it through the same grate that she just pushed Kevin through, so um, she's almost grabbed when some sh- soldiers run into the area, start shooting at the blob with their guns, um, and it pulls its attention away just long enough for her to climb up a different incline, um, where she's met by Brian, who grabs her, pulling her out and putting her on the back of his bike, and they kind of head off through the sewer system.
0: I have no idea how she got <laughs> up that incline. Yeah, I don't know either. Like, maybe she's Spider Man. I don't know. I, it could not have been that steep. I don't know. Is well, it was covered in, in in like water and what I would, slime. Imagine would be like <laughs> slime and goop yeah. and like algae. Yeah, that's very
2: true. Um they hit a dead end like in the sewer system and they turn around and see the blob blocking their way. Uh, he tells Brian tells her to hold on and he kind of guns it and then loops over the blob <laughs> and then they crash the bike guns and yeah. uh,
0: they run into a soldier ah, who's played by Bill by Moseley. Bill Moseley. <laughs> I couldn't believe that. Like I was like, I, I didn't know that was Mosley, And then I like, looked at the IMDB. I was like, Oh my goodness. Yeah. Uh,
1: I was gonna oh, mention before, but I don't
2: know if you yeah. know this or not. Yeah, oh, sure it is. I just almost So that's fucking Bill Mosley. This is one of his like, I I don't know, like least uh, overdone characters. Like he's so tamed in this character.
0: I and now that it. I look at him like the way he was like, "Oh, it's coming." Yeah, yeah he's coming. I was just like, okay, now just he's now- like, "Oh, He won your fucking uh."
2: They got power. all of us. Um, but he says like. You know the uh, the blob got his whole team. Um, they ask him for the way out, and they follow him through the lo- like sewers lines, and then even help him up a little, uh, help him a little bit. Like, and they find an exit with a ladder. Uh, at the top, Meadows is peering down, sees Brian, and then tells his men to close the hole, and that's an order. And then Brian yells, uh, like through the Bill Mosley's radio at Meadows. Um, but then he gets an idea. He takes the rocket launcher that Bill Mosley just has <laughs> hanging out fucking on
1: Resident Evil shit right here. Yeah, there's one out of a rocket launcher.
2: Yep. He aims it up the ladder and just blows open the fucking hole and the truck that's sitting above it. Um, and then Brian and Meg and the soldier climb out as the soldiers all begin to like surround Brian up at the top. Uh, he grabs a rifle, aiming it at Meadows, yelling out that like Meadows is lying to everybody. There's a standoff. Uh, and then Brian exposes that they got there so quick because the meteor was man-made. It's uh, a germ warfare experiment that they fucked up. Which nowadays sounds kind of, you know, topical. Yeah, a little bit. Um, just then, the blob reaches out, grabbing Meadows and going into his suit, pulling him down into the sewers. Then the colonel that's in charge throws some explosive charges into the hole in an attempt to kill the blob, but it <laughs> kind of just pisses it off and it
0: bursts from the ground. I just love how, the town. I just love how all the townspeople just are standing there watching them just unload every bit of their ammunition in there, and they just like send me a short charge, and I'm like, oh, really? Like <laughs> this, your boss died eight seconds ago, and this this was backup. This was Plan B. All yep. right, all right. Government funding.
2: Um, it's engulf the blob starts engulfing the town street as it makes its way through the citizens all kind of like run um and i they try like the uh, the soldiers kind of like try to fight it off by like shooting it using like flamethrowers but then it just kind of like <laughs> like hit, him. well, no, I was gonna say what kids do to like hoses, like they stick their finger in the hose and it makes it like spray like mm-hmm. in a different direction. Like he does that to the flamethrower.
0: Yeah, and I like and I love it. It's at this point that um that uh our preacher man, like our reverend, is coming around the corner, right? And he's like looking at the blob and he's just like, it's like he's like, it's the promised day, it's prophesized, right? Like I'm like, okay, here we go. And that's the same thing. As soon as like the flamethrower gets plugged. Mm. He gets sprayed with the fire from the flamethrower and just starts to stop, drop, and roll. Yeah, and like I thought—I mean, I, I thought he was dead right away. But then, yeah. like Meg, just thinks quickly. She's like, "Oh, you know what? Whatever. I'll save this guy." And I'm like, "Who was he to you?" But I guess like Town Breacher. So she like puts him out, and then as the blob is like reaching for them, she hits it with. The, she like sprays it with the fire extinguisher, and the blob's like, "Oh, this this don't feel good." Flamethrowers. Guy can deal with it. Fire extinguishers not happening today. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because, like, Meg, you knew this. Like, you could have been helping people all along, being like, hey, um, it, it runs away from the cold. I don't it, think they realized that though. Yeah, I don't
1: think they did either.
0: Yeah, I guess like maybe not, but like the whole, but like as soon as she does that, it seems like you know, this is this is the way. And uh everybody kind of like, I don't get it. Like, everybody goes to the church, like they're all fleeing back to the church, and then they close the wooden door behind them, and I'm like. Did you not that will stop that? the blob? This did wooden you, door. Did you not just see that thing explode through the asphalt and like tear apart buildings? But the probably over hundred-year-old wooden church door is gonna do it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously the fire extinguisher can't last forever, and this is where I'm like, okay, which I, I have to say, this movie does a pretty good job of like not putting insignificant things in because. Uh, our boy Flag goes and gets the refrigerant trucks, which were the beginning of the movie and were being worked on by the man he borrowed the socket set from. So Moss, coming, Mr. Moss, Mr. Moss. And so, uh, to me, pretty good plan. Except the Blob ruins that plan real quick. Um, this is my only gripe, I think, with the effects because, like, in trying to take out the Blob of these trucks and get the truck overturned, that truck looks really. That's it. the money ran out. Like we got Didn't to a- finish
1: painting.
0: <laughs> they were like, yo, can you go to CVS and get me a toy truck? All right. Thanks. Uh, that's what we're going to use folks. Somebody gets some Crayola and color on that. Good. We got the truck like, and I get it. Like I can't throw too much shade at it because the movies that I watch are obviously dollar store tanks being blown up. But yeah, this is a, this is a pretty good scene. Like this whole sequence is really, really good. Um, you know, between the blobs swatting people the Reverend bursting into flames, and like just they've almost like given the blob personality leading up to this point. Like mm-hmm. the blobs, bl- the blob before was like an ambush predator, you know what I mean? And then, like, now that they've blown it up and shot stuff at it, now he's just a straight angry, pissed off predator, just raging, just raging through this town, does not care. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this is when your girl, uh, your girl decides that she's gonna be, uh, John Rambo. Yeah, and take things into her own hands. I don't know if you want to. Yeah, put that back to you.
2: Meg goes outside, grabbing a gun and like a pack from a fallen soldier. And the fallen soldier kind of like, "Oh, She's <laughs> like, "Yeah, bye. Got to go." <laughs> she's like, exactly. "Sorry, I don't, I don't, I don't understand." Yeah. Um, she uh, she starts shooting at the blob, giving Brian just enough time to escape from the flip truck. She tries to lure it to like a tank of liquid nitrogen, which I think is that what's it's what it's supposed to be. Yeah, probably. Um, um, Re- that fell over from the truck, and she like falls though and gets stuck. Her foot gets stuck on the truck. Um, Brian comes over, gets her free, and the explosive from that was inside the pack that she got from the soldier goes off, blowing the liquid n- nitrogen all over the blob, flash freezing it in place, and all the citizens kind of come out. Moss the mechanic saying like, "Oh, they need to
0: get it." Uh, The pieces to the ice house before dawn. I love how he was like, see, I told you it was going to snow this year. You just got to have a little faith. And I'm like, okay, all right. Funny guy in in town. Um, But but, but question, what do you think we did with all that? Just left it in the ice house. (laughs) and It's been there till this day. Yep
2: um sometime later the reverend's preaching to a crowd about the, the rapture which off sounds awfully close to what happened with the blob earlier um and then ends his sermon he goes off grabs a drink and is approached by a woman who asks when the day of reckoning is and he says soon and he's like lifting up a jar with the pieces of the blob that are now awakened in it and he says the lord will give me a sign and then it hits the credits nice sequel bait mm. That didn't happen. I wonder if that's what it was. Well, they, they
1: said before they even made the movie they're going to make a sequel, oh. and then and then when the, the box office numbers weren't what they wanted, they said, you know what, we are going to do a sequel. I don't think we're. I know, I know we're they've been, been talking about a remake for like the last ten years, but it hasn't come to anything. So I just don't see it, like, and
0: I'll argue for a lot of creature features to be remade and like new versions of it. I just can't see the blob. In today's world, working, I feel like they would just over CGI everything, of course, and it just wouldn't be good. Like just, I feel like in 1958 it worked. In 1988, those
1: motherfuckers were scared of anything.
0: Yeah, but I also think in 1988 Giant it also ants. worked too because practical effects had gotten to a point where you could push the envelope with them, mm-hmm. and this was more. This whole movie was less of a was more of like a love letter. To that, as well as a feature reel for practical effects, like a lot of uh, a lot of people made their careers off this film.
1: Yeah. So Kyle, want to hear your? We'll hear your review first.
2: Sure. So I'm going to start out. I'm just going to say I'm going to get a 3.5 out of five. Sure. Um, which sounds kind of low, but it's really not. Sure. Um, I think the blob is a pretty good creature feature. Like looking back at it um a lot of Back the earlier blob effects are done very well um and then like of course we get that classic like uh green screen looking fucking effects towards the end um when it's much much larger uh, on the screen um it's kind of endearing easy watch uh and i guess we talked about why it didn't make money but i it's kind of surprises me cuz i think this is one of the better films of the time uh and I, I don't know, man. Like I think it now it's found its second or even third wind. It just got a new blu-ray release from screen factory. Yeah. Um, very recently, uh, my favorite kill. It's a toss up. I'm going to say Paul's just because of that iconic image of the blob. Um, like him trying to force his way out through like the mm. purple opaque exterior of the gelatinous, like thing. Gelatinous um, thing. yeah. Um, it's either him or Fran, but because I just love the way she explodes. Like to me, it's fucking like when I saw that last night, I forgot about it. I was like, holy shit. I forgot about that. Um, <laughs> it's like, I forgot how many people like get destroyed in this movie. Yeah. yeah. Big, um, big body count. Yeah. I think it's only like 16 that you see on screen though. Honestly, it's still a lot. Yeah, I guess. Um, but yeah, I'm going to go with Paul just because how iconic it looks. And I love that, that shot of like just his face and like how, mm-hmm. Creepy that looks. Um, my least favorite is probably Scott just because, like, that whole scene's a little rapey and it's a little uncomfortable. Like, when he was starting on Butner, like, sure, said, I don't remember this and it's fucking bothering me. Yeah, I feel you. um, but yeah, I'm, I'm just gonna keep it short and sweet. I mean, I don't really have much to say besides that. So, Mark, it's you because we'll save uh, the boy of the house for last.
1: Yeah, so, um, I've seen this movie once before. And when I was like 18 or 17 and I'm gonna tell you something I didn't remember one thing other than the beginning when he's like working on the snow truck I said oh that's how they defeat it I remember that but I didn't remember any other kills or anything in the movie from when I saw it because I watched like the blob from um 1958 or 1955 whatever it is one night then the next night watch this and um yeah so I think this movie has really good pacing there's not really any downtime I it does it it progresses pretty well. So I thought from the beginning, I'm like, this is gonna be a slow burn. I'm going to be bored, but I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I liked it a lot more than I remember liking it. Um, I would give this movie a four to five. I don't really like creature feature movies. And uh, I really did enjoy this. I, th- I think everyone did a good job with it. Um, my favorite kill is Paul, especially after learning that it was actually him under there. Like, waterboarding getting waterboarded like and tortured for however long it took to uh, make that my least favorite is I think uh, Herb the, dep- the sheriff because mm. I feel like he's a was supposed to be a bigger character and they just kind of said oh, Herb's dead in there that's it like it's cool yeah. you see his face like you see what happened and like Rob said you're supposed to imagine what happened to him but I feel like they should have showed it because of he was one of the more main characters I guess in this movie yeah
2: That was another Hitchcock-style thing. And also, um, I guess his character is like another character from the original. And like so they were trying to throw people off. If you knew the original, you're supposed Mm -hmm. to think that, oh, he's going to be one of the surviving people, too. Mm -hmm. And it was another big throw-off. Yeah, Yeah. big misdirection.
1: Yeah. So I I don't remember that either. Um, But, yeah, I think... um, if you're into these type of movies or even into horror, I feel like you should, you would like this movie if I like it and I'm mostly a slasher, like type of horror person, you know, that's my type, type of go-to stuff. And I really did enjoy this and I'm kind of sad. There's not a sequel to this. Cause I would like to see what that dumbass Revlon would have done, but <laughs> yeah, four to five. I, I enjoyed it a lot. And Rob, what do you got to say? Um, so obviously like
0: creature features are my wheelhouse. Like that's something that I really enjoy. Uh, and, this is sitting right around one of my all time favorite creature features, which is uh, the thing. And they share a lot in terms of the effects, the body horror, the idea of def- deforming for shock value. And also for um, in general, just the plot and the horror around that. I think the thing absolutely doesn't world's better, but that's because that film, in my opinion, is in a class of its own. But as I mentioned in the review, the blob 1988 always sits as like a close second for me because mainly number one, the death of Paul. Like that mm-hmm. iconic scene is done so well that if you took that and put that in the thing, I would say that scene belongs in that film. yeah, mm-hmm. because of, of how top tier it is. And there's almost no other films from that era or in general that I could say have practical effects that match that level. Um, well, the thing was a lot earlier too. That's what I'm saying. Like They, they, they kind of set the well, bar.
1: Well, even um, even though I don't like Hellraiser, when Frank's getting pulled apart, that's 87. That, that's pretty cool still.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say that, this, that the effects here in general eclipse Hellraiser. Mm-hmm. I mean, Hellraiser 2 does have some pretty good effects in it. Um, we haven't done that one, but there's just something that's always stuck with me. And I haven't seen this film since I was like 17. So the fact that I can remember so many things from it, when I'm rewatching it years later, just reminded me of how much it stuck with me. Uh, I give this film, I was, you know, I, I keep going back and forth between a 3.5 and a four, but honestly it, it does. It sits at a four out of five for one particular reason outside of the effects. And it kind of leaned that way when I was sitting, you know, watching with Susan, because like, you know, she had never seen it before. and, We've watched some films that she has not enjoyed and they're Hmm. like that have been a bit of a slog, but it just felt like a good popcorn movie. You know what I mean? Like you could just sit on your couch, a nice 90 minute pocket. You don't have to be too serious or involved. You're going to get some great gore. You're going to get some campy one liners. You're going to get a plot that's easy to follow and you're going to be bouncing along the pace nicely. And there are not that many movies that can comfortably do that, that you can literally say like, let's just have some popcorn and watch this fun, fun horror movie. Right. Uh, And that's what really kind of pushed it from 3.5 to four for me. It's a film that I think in 1988, unfortunately was underappreciated and kind of mired in a really big summer blockbuster launch. But in 1998, in 2008, 2018, probably later on, like, I think it's a film that as the years go by, it's going to have, be one of those ones that gets looked back with more and more fondness and is going to be remembered as one of the best creature features of the late 20th century. That's just how I feel about it. Um, my favorite kill is obviously Paul, because, you know, even before I knew that he had committed to pretty much being waterboarded for that scene. Um, it's such an incredible scene. And it's, while I, I want to talk about Franz, like loving that explosive scene because it's wild and out of control. There's just something visceral about seeing him die slowly, and then his arm like ripping off, mm-hmm. and just seeing like the visceral nature of the blob. They couldn't have picked a better reveal, and they couldn't have executed it better, in my opinion. It's just as good as the dog reveal in the thing.
1: Mm.
0: Like very, very, very good. Or you know what it reminds me of in the thing when they go for the uh, the defibrillators
1: and the stomach opens
0: it opens up like that shock of like oh my god like it had that value to it and i don't get that that often in films so i was really really good my least favorite kill mm, probably meadows like i wanted something more epic for him being like the guy like i created this like i don't know i wanted something like a piece
1: of shit so you want him to die
0: yeah i mean like you know um
2: I did like I how he got sucked down into the manhole. It almost reminded me of like the end of nightmare on Elm street. The mom getting sucked through the window.
1: <laughs> I was going to say that before. And I don't remember for what though, when we talked about something going through a window that didn't look right. And I was like, "Was oh, this nightmare on Elm street? I don't remember what it was though.
0: So. And, and I know, so this is going to be maybe a slightly controversial opinion, but it is what it is. Uh, we talk about a lot today of representation in film, right? Of, Like people Mm -hmm. talk about like strong female characters and like how that's the trend. Of course. Right. Uh, But we saw in the 1980s and even someone in the nineties, but we saw in the 1980s, some significant female characters come out. And I just want to take a moment and say that a lot of people have said that um, I've seen a lot of people say that like the flag uh, was supposed to be like the anti Steve McQueen Mm -hmm. type character. And he was, but like at the end of the movie, when you really like look at it and I know the director has gone on record to say this, but Meg is really Steve McQueen. And yeah, yeah. she is the she goes from the docile cheerleader to wielding an AK forty seven and explosive at the end of this film. Right, am sorry, M sixteen and uh at the end of this film and saving Flag's butt. Um and she has a really good arc. And I think it's a it's a believable arc. Um so I just wanted to say, like, you know, I think that sometimes it the fact that, you know, we've had women underappreciated the cinema a lot. We sometimes forget that there have been some moments, especially in horror where we've had some really strong female characters come through way back in the eighties even before then. And, uh, that they, I think that, that, that says something. Yeah. I think that horror has been one of the like, um,
2: leading genres in terms of diversity and just being up with the times, you know,
0: uh, um, but
1: still on the other hand, you know, there's a lot of movies where it's just like the girls are there just get naked and get like, in have a sex scene you know yeah, yeah there's there's tons
0: destroyed. i think that's the that's the hard thing about horror yeah. is like people either people look at it so much through the eyes of women being objectified and that is a thing absolutely like that's a, a, a typical horror trope and it's one that's made fun of in countless movies and like been a mm-hmm. thing but at the same time that's why i wanted to bring awareness to this situation because this is just another example of women in horror you know being more than just eye candy and fodder for sure you know what i mean yeah so but yep, that's where I'm at with it. So four out of five, Mark and I agree the world might be ending. We've been agreeing a lot recently.
2: I would give it a four instead of 3.5 if if I thought I would watch it more. That's the only thing that's keeping it like at a 3.5 because I thought about it and I was like, well, I don't really, I, the last time I saw this was a long time ago and it's not like I plan on watching it a lot, um, but it is an easy watch like you were saying.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, and that, like, yeah that's that's why I gave it a four because like I wasn't bored doing the review. Like when I watched the mm-hmm. movie, I'm like, oh, this is actually like an- interesting. Like I like this movie. Like I don't like saying movies are fun. Like I don't like that. I feel like it's a kind of a cop out sometimes. But this movie is fun to watch. Like I had a good time watching it.
0: Yeah, it's one of those movies that like for me, if I was having guests or company over and people were like, Oh, let's watch a horror movie, I could say, Oh, let's throw the blob on from nineteen eighty eight. Well, you ain't seen X yet. That's your problem, boy.
1: (laughs) need to watch X. My friend Rich Shaw today, and he said uh, some nice things. (laughs) He says he hopes
2: Britney Snow gets an Oscar for it. I hope all of them do. Yeah.
0: Coming soon to a theater near you. Oh, goodness. Well, let's hear. uh, I think we have a surprise pick for our next film, right?
2: yeah our next movie is going to be a listener pick um our listener nicole she picked urban legend from
1: 1998 you're scared natalie yeah right
2: if you haven't heard the legends the
1: sky flips out
2: if you don't believe the stories
1: my mom still checks the back seat before getting into a car
2: if you don't trust the tales hello then you're the perfect victim <laughs> Okay, that R. now everywhere. Oh, my birthday! And that will be coming out on, I believe, May eighteenth, her birthday. So we have a lot to do in a relatively short time. <laughs> I do not <laughs> uh, have a lot to do? What do you mean? Uh, because well, we have to put. I have to edit this one, put it out, and then we have to record that, put it out. Which I can edit them whenever, but and I think I can do it in time. But um, yeah, the next one's going to be Urban Legend from nineteen ninety eight. It's going to be a bit of a crunch. Uh, only for me, I think. That's all. Yeah. Oh, I just yeah. have to actually do my due diligence. That's yeah, all. <laughs> but,
1: like that's why we appreciate you for doing you, that. You
2: know me, the fucking Wolf Creek. Like I hated that whole movie. I hated recording it. I hated fucking <laughs> I put editing. Who suggested like, that? Yeah. Uh, Brady. Who? <laughs> um, I don't but, see
1: him here. I only see Rob but, and Kyle. My yeah.
2: <laughs> if you'd like to contact us, uh, you can leave leave us um, some reviews on Apple podcast or Spotify. That would be great. We greatly appreciate it. I don't even care if you shit on us. Just do it.
1: Or um, send me money on Venmo. Mark Rubino, XXX.
2: Um, you can, we'd also like people to start leaving voice messages. Uh, so we can play them on the show. We've done one from Maria who we still thank for that.
1: Um, Shout out
0: Maria.
2: Love you, Maria. Um, you can leave them over at anchor.fm FM slash vintage horror podcast. Or if you can't type that in for some reason, go to our Instagram, which is at vintage horror pod. Or no vintage hard podcast sorry at vintage hard podcast on Instagram and it's right in the bio Um, you can email us at vintagehardpod at gmail.com that's how this was actually requested for the next movie through email and you can also see us on Twitter at vintage underscore Uh, (laughs) since Rob didn't take it up I started tweeting a couple times so um, but yeah that's pretty much it for us and uh, take care everybody bye see ya And take a listen to this tag at the end from our guy
1: Dave Sheridan.
0: Well, I'm on DT Choir Podcast.